five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> and the podcast is the football show. So if you're new to the football show, welcome. And if you're a turning football show listener, welcome back. So Barry, what's going on on today's show? Okay, on today's Energized Football Show, we're going to be discussing the FIFA awards that were given out today on Monday. What exactly is the date today, actually? It is the 22nd, I think. It is actually the 24th. Well, very, I'm a mile off. Very, very close. Oh, big shout out to Rob O'Byrne. It's his birthday today, and he loves the football show. He does. He does. He's a big fan of the Irish situations as yeah. well, isn't he? Yeah, so today we're going to be talking about the FIFA awards that came out today on the 24th. Of September, aka Rob O'Byrne's birthday. Happy birthday, Rob. Uh, then we're going to be moving into the Irish football team's situation because we were meant to bring it out a couple of weeks ago, but we sort of let it die down and wait for a proper football show to bring it all out. Uh, then we're going to be discussing the Champions League and we're going to be looking at the Premier League as well. Uh, if you're lucky, you might get a bit of League Cup as well. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. But... um. I think we should start it off with the FIFA awards that came out today. Uh, first of all, the player of the... What would you call it exactly? The FIFA Best Men's Player Award. I think that's what they call it. Yeah. I think they call it the best. FIFA's best. Uh, was given to Luka Modric of Real Madrid and Croatia. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of Luka Modric? Because it seems like he's been like sort of an unsung hero. And now he's just getting his dues these days. Yeah, I feel... This is like the third time we're awarding some of the best player of the wor- in the world award. Um, I don't really understand why they have so many award ceremonies. But I think on this occasion, Luka Modric won the World Cup. Won another Champions League. Or sorry, he did not win the World Cup. He got to the final of the World Cup and lost. He was the driving force of the Croatian team. Won another Champions League. To me... Third in a row. He's the best midfielder in the world. And he thoroughly deserves it. Yeah. It was funny how after three Champions Leagues, he was then looking to get a move to like Inter Milan to hang mm. around with the Croatian lads there. But uh, why, why would you want to leave? I'm not too sure. Maybe there's too much pressure there that, you know, if they don't win another Champions League or if they go a trophy this season, you know what I mean? He looks less successful. And maybe he, th- he looks at Inter and go, they're sort of challenging Juventus uh, or could uh, challenge Juventus if he went there. For the Italian league. Um, maybe he just wants to apply his trade in a, another league. Because he's done the Premier League. He's done Serie A. Maybe he wouldn't mind trying. Or sorry. He's done Liga. And now he wouldn't mind trying Serie A. Yeah. Uh, do you not think that he'd probably be better off trying to come back to the Premier League. And give it another go. Because he's after winning nearly everything with Real Madrid. And like. There's obviously. There's obviously teams in the Premier League that would love his services. Oh. Luka Modric could get into any team. I think the problem with Luka Modric is. Because he's at the age he's at now, his transfer value, teams probably don't see he's worth the money you'd have to pay to get him. Because he looks like one of those players who might need years to time, very much so decline. And it's it's hard to tell his progression because his attributes are quite unique. You could almost see him as a bit of a Paul Scholes. And like, if you think about it, Paul Scholes went on to play until what, about 36 at least. Yeah. And like, Paul Scholes only became a cult hero really... At, like post the age of 30 yeah the tail end of uh, Paul Scholes career is when people actually recognise him for the ridiculously good footballer he was yeah because like like Paul Scholes he's not known for like blistering pace he's more known for like controlling the game just passing it about getting through cutting the lines so I actually think like 
he actually has a lot more to give at a higher level. And I feel like if he goes to Serie A, it's a bit of a slower game. Yeah. Whereas he could probably... Do you know what? He would, have been, he would fit in great in United. Like, if, if passing the ball towards... Uh, like to Martial or Rashford, that would have that would definitely suit his game. Even to going back to Spurs, like mm-hmm. that that could have been someone they would love to have had. But yeah. the thing is, Christian Eriksen's there, and you're going to hinder his development. You know what I mean, he, he could work very well in the midfield three at Chelsea as well. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of teams would take him. Liverpool would love to have him. Yeah. Um, Arsenal take. Him. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who wouldn't take him. You know what I mean? I think City's probably the only team where like, I don't think it would overly fit. I think there'd be too much with him and Kevin De Bruyne. They're together at the same... I, don't, I think that'd be too much of David Silva. I don't think he'd actually fit in there probably the least well. But then again, he's such a world-class talent, he'd make it work. Yep, you see, Man City really wanted Jorginho, who's like a absolute... Like, he's a passer.com. Yeah. Uh, over the weekend, he broke the the record for attempted passes in the Premier League. He attempted 180 passes, and that's a new record. Now, obviously, they drew over the weekend, so it went in vain. But Luka Modric, you could almost say, is a bit of a Jorginho, so... Mm. He could have. He he definitely could have fit into Man City. Like, for instance, now Kevin De Bruyne is out for a few, like, a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, David Silva is obviously not going to be playing as much, so that would have been that would have been a perfect boy. But that's almost like adding to your roster. Whereas Man City are looking for to for like younger talent, mm. the way Man United used to. Yeah, I I, I just think Modric offers too much going forward as opposed to Jorginho is almost the, the starting point of your attack. It's almost like give the ball to Jorginho and then he moves Chelsea along as opposed to Modric. He can always make that last-ditch pass. You know what I mean? I think Jorginho starts the game off for Chelsea. As I think Modric is doing the same for uh, Croatia oh, in the World Cup. I, I feel, yeah, but I feel like Modric will carry the ball a bit further and then like he'll make a bit more of a chance for the team. I think Jorginho like, very much sits, in my opinion, anyway. I, I don't think Modric will, would be willing to sit as the back. He wants to be more involved in like the final end product of a goal. We, we can agree to disagree anyway. Yeah. But that, like, I mean... Fair play to him for winning it. Uh, obviously, Ronaldo didn't go tonight because he's like trying to like get going, really, Juventus. Yeah. I don't think things have really clicked for him yet there. But, uh, yeah, fair play, man. Uh, Mo Salah won the, the Puskas goal of the year as well. Uh, it was the goal against Everton when he cut in on his left and put in the top corner. Um, what do you make of that? Absolutely. Like, the worst Puskas goal I think I've ever seen. Yeah. And, like, I'm not just saying that because, like, I'm trying to be anti-Liverpool, but, like, when you're Gareth Bale and you're an overhead uh, goal in the Champions League final or when you're Cristiano Ronaldo and you do an overhead kick against Juventus yeah. in the Champions League I'm sitting there going they were the two best goals of the year yeah. and everyone knows it you know what I mean yeah, yeah exactly Yeah, I, I didn't even know I thought it was going to be the Mo Salah goal against uh, Man City Yeah, but, and it wasn't so the, the most memorable goal last year it's definitely up there between Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo Yeah, so I'm surprised neither one of them won but like it almost seems like Mo Salah is such a nice guy. They wanted to just give him something, you know. And he showed up to the awards. And he showed up, yeah, 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 yeah. You can't just be like, here, Ronaldo. Here's the Player of the Year award and the Goal of the Year award. But uh, you're not here. Cheers, bud. Thanks for coming, bro. Yeah. But uh, the Manager of the Year was actually given to Didier Deschamps. Uh, obviously, he won the World Cup of France. The the only other person that I could have thought about giving it to would be Zidane, win mm. the third Champions League. But uh, what do you make of that as well? <sighs> It's 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 much of a muchness, really, in my opinion. Um, most people, most managers, only ever win the World Cup one time. The Champ happened to do it this time. Very few managers win the Champions League a third time in a row. So, like, realistically, I probably wouldn't have given it to Z- Zidane, but I can see the argument for Deschamps very much. So, either way, also, it was great to see France actually win all their games in the World Cup. You know, what I mean, they weren't going to extra time. 
that yeah. makes sense. They won so. it in regular regular yeah. time, yeah. Uh, the woman's player of the year was actually given to Marta as well. How long has she been going? She must be about like 36 or something. I think she's one of like four female footballers who I actually know. So like she must have won it like a million times. Yeah, yes. It actually said here that she has won more accolades than any male or female ever in football. There you go. Fair play to Martha. Yeah, she's to Martha. Yeah, she's like the Ronaldo, the the original Ronaldo. Yeah, she's been going that long. And then, oddly enough, the goalkeeper of the year was given to Thibaut Courtois. And this is this is quite strange, right? So the nominations were Casper Schmeichel. Thibaut Courtois and Hugo Lloris and then Thibaut Courtois won it. Uh, th- the only reason why this is very, very odd is because the FIFA Pro 11 team of the year, the goalkeeper was David De Gea. So David De Gea wasn't even nominated for any in the top three and Courtois wins it. Uh, why do you think Courtois wins it over, first of all, Schmeichel, who was a su- surprise to be in it, and second of all, Hugo Lloris, who won the World Cup and was the captain? It is a very, very strange uh, way to go about it. And really, see, why wasn't Kaylor Navas uh, mentioned? Because he won the Champions League. Yeah. So, like, surely he's a better shout than Kasper Schmeichel. Yeah. Um, Denmark had to go through an extra round of qualifications. They beat Ireland to qualify for the World Cup, and they just went to the first round of the knockout stage. It's not like they went particularly deep. Um, Lloris won the World Cup. Decent year with Spurs. Definitely could have given to him. The only thing about that is that, like, recently got caught drink driving on they probably don't want to give him an award true and then Thibaut Courtois not that great year Chelsea very good World Cup big money move for Real Madrid he's probably like the fan favourite to give it to out of the three who were nominated yeah. and then Dev De Gea gets named in team of the season great year for Manchester United probably one of the best years he's had in a very long time not a great World Cup though I know yeah I know yeah or not even a great Champions League yeah but um I actually put a poll out on my own Instagram saying who do you think is the best goalkeeper ever for United and it was either between Peter Schmeichel and David De Gea see the thing is the majority of people that will follow me would be a bit older rather than mm. I'd say like 13 year olds 14 year olds 15 year olds mm. would all say De Gea but like people our age like 25, 26, 27, 28 would be uh, Peter Schmeichel it was actually very very close but do you think David De Gea is the best goalkeeper ever to play for United? I think for out now goalkeeper yes well, a lot of people are going to say Schmeichel's better just because he was more successful. And it's a bit like when people do the argument in basketball, Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. Like, Michael Jordan's the most successful basketball player of all time, but the best singular player of all time is LeBron James. So you're always going to split the cues because people have nostalgia when it comes to Peter Schmeichel. True, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he was like my hero growing up. And I met him and he was a bit rude or whatever, but I still <laughs> didn't care. I was like, he gave me so many good memories. And like... I'll always remember when Manchester United scored that goal and he leaps into the air in the Champions League final. Cartwheel. It was just one of the most memorable moments I've had. And with De Gea, I remember making a lot of saves, but he doesn't have like that moment, if that makes sense. He has a lot of moments though. And yeah, oh, no, he has a lot of like, he makes some of the best saves I've ever seen, but he, like, he hasn't won enough league titles. He hasn't won a Champions League. So therefore, I'm waiting for him to have his moment. Um. He's also been United's Player of the Year what four of the last five years. Yeah, which is like embarrassing for Manchester United, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that is that is very embarrassing. If your goalkeeper's winning the Player of the Year nearly every year, there's something seriously wrong there anyway. But uh, we'll go through the pro, uh, FIFA Pro World eleven, And obviously, in goal, David De Gea. Um, do, do you think he's the best goalkeeper in the world, yeah? On a personal level, I think he is, but there's some other really, really good goalkeepers out there, like uh, Jan Oblak for Atletico Madrid's great. Uh, Thibaut Courtois is also very good goalkeeper 
Um, Ederson's great for Man City. There's many good goalkeepers. And Gianguli Buffon still saving the ball for PSG. Yeah, he is. Uh, then a right back, Dani Alves. Um, Dani Alves' house must be filled with so many awards that he probably has to buy like a second house just to put all the awards and medals in. I think he's actually the most decorated European footballer of all time. Yeah. So Not fair, fair play to him. Um, he's still going, so what a man he is still going and also I think right back is actually one position in world football at the moment where there's maybe not as many talented players at the moment uh, who would you say is a right back that you really like that could push him maybe Kyle Walker Kyle Walker does a very very good job for City um, in maybe 4 or 5 years time trying that Alexander-Arnold looks very very good for Liverpool um, who knows Like Mourinho says Diego Zalo is one of the best right backs he's seen at a young, young age there's for the ones that I spring to mind. Yeah, yeah. I was just... Uh, not many spring to mind for myself yeah. now. Um, then, at centre-back, it's the most infamous par- partnership in Champions League history, I'd say. Uh, Sergio Ramos and Rafael Varane. What, what can you say about these two guys? Like, I mean, just like... Look, Ramos, three Champions Leagues in a row. Varane, three Champions Leagues in a row. Add a World Cup on top of it. What more do you want from the two of them? You know I know, what I, mean? I know, yeah. Jesus, like, and they're always... like. They're always fit as well. They're always fit, yeah. They are always fit. That's geez, that's one of United's biggest problems. Like, just get two centre-backs and make them play yeah. together for 10 games in a row. But that's a lot of teams. Like Even City can't keep two uh, centre-halves fit. I know. And like Liverpool, like their problem for years they didn't have another centre-half. Joe, it must be that the style of football that's played in Spain that like the, there's not as many balls in the air to battle for. Yeah. Whereas it's more on the ground. So yeah. therefore, they're not getting like more elbows in the face and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Because even Michael Caine there, he he had a hairline fracture on in a skull, so he was out of out of contention. So it's just, I think it's the the style of football is definitely mm. like keeps them still going. But uh, a left back, Marcelo. I mean, look, there's no one else to give it to. He's absolutely incredible talent going forward. I actually think he's almost underrated defensively because he's so good going forward. People like say, oh, he's a bit of liability going back, but. Like I said, he's got all those Champions Leagues. I mean, I he's not been bringing a Real Madrid player up. Like, he's got all the accolades. He's an absolutely phenomenal player. He's one of Brazil's best players. For me, he's just unequivocally the best left back in the world. Yeah, and he's been there so long. Him and him and Sergio Ramos have been partners in crime for the best part of ten years. Uh, then in midfield, obviously Luka Modric. I mean, we've already talked about him. What more has to be said? Yeah. Uh, another person in the team is Francis Verion and Golo Kante. Um, what a, what a like rise in career this guy has had, like and it actually beats Jamie Vardy's, which is funny enough. Like coming from like the second division of France, then going with Leicester, winning the league, then going to Chelsea, winning the World Cup of France. Did you see there was a video of him there recently? He was in, he was in the, I forget exactly where he was, but uh, he met some Chelsea fans and he couldn't get home, so he went to their house to watch match oh, of the he day. Went to, he went to the mosque, the local mosque. Yeah, was. that was it. So, yeah. yeah, it was something like that. But uh, he went to the, the fans' house to watch match of the day. And he's just sitting there. Do you ever see that, that, that video of the, of the guy? And he's like, okay. Do you ever see that okay no. meme? Oh, well, if you know that meme, he's very much like that. He's so quiet and humble and like small, but like he's an absolute monster on the pitch. Yeah, you're sitting there going, you never know that fellow in the corner sitting there watching match of the day is on 200 grand a week. Did you notice it's in Galway County, the quiet guy is in the team ahead of Paul Pogba as well? Yeah. Well, in fairness, I'm not surprised. In Angola Kante's last three seasons, he's won two Premier League titles and a World Cup. Like, what more do you want from the fella? Well, what a man. What a man. Um, it goes to show that you don't need to be so flash and have all these tattoos and haircuts and everything. But if you put the grind in, the world's yeah, oyster. He, in fairness, he's probably the hardest 
working player on the pitch. Yeah. At all times. Uh, the third man in that midfield that would help the attacking three was Eden Hazard. Um, I'm not oh like I'm not shocked that he's in this because I don't think he was that amazing last year. I think he had a decent World Cup. Mm. Uh, I think he's doing better now than the World Cup. Yeah. But uh, are you surprised with Eden Hazard in the team? That would be the one person for me that I'd be like, maybe doesn't fully deserve it. I'm only surprised in the fact uh, most people won't be surprised because the firm, form he's on now was as good as he's ever played. Yeah. Um, I thought he was quite decent in the World Cup, not overly sold him. And then I think I wasn't that high in his performance for Chelsea throughout the year. Uh, he obviously had that spot with Kant, uh, Conte, and yeah. like he didn't really play a lot of games as well. So therefore, I don't, I don't understand where he's coming to the team. But on current form, like you could not have him in the team. I probably you could all, you could argue like Cruz getting into the squad. Yeah, remember he he scored a, a like a, such an important free kick against I forget who it was against Sweden I think it was yeah. in the World Cup. Yeah, and uh, that that would be only the really person I'd probably change him out for. Uh, then we're going to the attack. Uh, the best young player in the world under the age of twenty one, uh, Kylian Mbappe is in this team. The guy scares me when he's on the pitch. Like he's fearless. He's got. Everything you need, he's got pace, he's got power, he's got precision finishing. He is put put your house on it, he's gonna win a ballon d'Or one day. Yeah. He is he's that good. Yeah. He lit up the World Cup, he stole the show, youngest ever person in World Cup history to score uh, a goal in the final. And what more do you want from him? Quick question, who do you think is better for PSG or in general? Kylian Mbappe or Neymar? I think pure talent, probably Neymar, but the player who everyone will pick in their team, Kylian Mbappe, works hard for the team, proven end product. Yeah, well, I won't argue that. Uh, then, the striker was Lionel Messi, uh, arguably the GOAT. Yeah. What'd you make of Messi, man? Look, the fella's won something like five Ballon d'Ors, seven Liga trophies, I think three Champions Leagues. I think four, maybe. Four, maybe. Endless amounts of Copa del Reyes. The fellas, you know, him and Ronaldo are, you know, you can argue till the cows come home. They're the two greatest footballers to ever put on a pair of boots. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Ronaldo, he was the, the 11th man in the yeah. team. Uh, couldn't, make it, could, couldn't make it today. Like, imagine that front, coming up against that front three. Yeah. Frightening, man. Frightening. And the funny thing is, Mo Salah nominated for FIFA Best Player of the Year didn't actually make the team. Yeah. Uh, quick question. Who would you make the captain of that side, Ross? Who would make the captain of that side? It's actually not a great team for a captain, to be honest. Um, I would probably say Lionel Messi if I had to pick someone. Would you? Yeah. I, I'd just go with Ramos. Yeah? Yeah. Actually, Ramos is a very good show. I, do, I just feel like the amount of egos in that team would be frightening. Well, like, the two midfield players would like, get along with everyone. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like, Messi, Ronaldo, Hazard... And Mbappe would all want the ball. And uh, who would you think is was the biggest, uh, like, that had the most character in the change room? The real lads, lads, you know, the guy that got that like got everyone going and did the pranks. Who do you think that would be? If I had to pick someone to do the pranks, I'd probably say Marcelo or Daddy Alves. And yeah, say, I'd say they're better. Like, yeah, I could just see it. <laughs> but like, I, N'Golo Kante is definitely the one who everyone's like, N'Golo, N'Golo. Like, they're the, he's definitely the most lovable on the team. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'd go biggest prankster. I'd be like Danny Alves. Yeah. Uh, most lovable, definitely Kante. Yeah. Um, who do you think would be the most disliked player on the team? 
Oh, Cristiano. Uh, eh? Cristiano. Oh, I think I'd well, have to actually, do it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, I, think gonna, I, was gonna, I was gonna go, maybe if you're on the team and we like him, but then I was like, no, 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 we'd be giving out that like there's too many other people on that team's core goal that you wouldn't score enough of them, you'd be raging. And final question. Who yeah, exactly, yeah. Oh oh another que- okay, second last question. Who would take the penalties and free kicks? Um, penalties would be Ronaldo would have to be and then in free kicks I'd say Messi Messi yeah and then uh, who's the one man that you take out of the team if I take someone out of the team you don't have to say who you replace him with but just like take them out be like no on current form or from the team no just just say, let's not make it difficult man okay know? okay I would take out Danny Alves okay uh, I'd actually just take out Hazard just because as we said earlier, there's not many right back selections, you know. No one asks who you take out. Oh yeah, that's <laughs> true. That's okay, true. now I have a question for you. Yeah, that's your starting eleven. Who's your manager? Uh, Zinedine Zidane. Oh, oh, there's something about Zidane that because he played football at such a high level, you just know the players have such respect for him. Yeah, and I think that's what makes Zidane and someone like Pep Guardiola. Yeah, Guardiola one of the best, one of well, the best, yeah. best man, the best managers in the world. Yeah. Uh, then, okay, last last question. Who do you think won't be in this team next year? So, so, so very, very good all you have to do is say yes or no. Okay, so I'll go through it. David De Gea. No. I'll say you will be. Uh, Danny Alves. Definitely not. I'll say no as well. Uh, Varane. Yes. Yes. Sergio Ramos. Yes. Yes. Marcelo. Yes. Yeah, I'll just say yeah. Uh, Modric. Yeah. I agree. Kante. No. I don't. I don't think Chelsea are going to do well enough for him to be in the team. True. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. That's a fair point. Uh, Eden Hazard. Yes. Yeah, I say he could be. Uh, Mbappe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Messi. Yes. Yeah, I'll say yeah, and then Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. Ronaldo's such a hard person to doubt. Like you know, I mean, he hasn't actually started the season that well, but come the end of the year, who knows where he'll be at? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, um, obviously, there's been so much talk about the Irish football team, and obviously, myself and Ross are Irish. If you couldn't have guessed, and we want to discuss the situation surrounding the FAI and Ireland. Um, we were going to put out a separate podcast about this, but um, if you're listening now, we're going to just start it now. Um, we just stop at the very top of the bill, Ross. Roy Keane is at the fall now with a couple of the players. Martin O'Neill is, has been backing him, being like, here, look, it's grand, basically, he's saying. Um, before we went into this campaign, Martin O'Neill had been linked with a couple of jobs and he he went for it. He didn't get them. Um what to make of the situation now with the FAI and should Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane stay? That's a very loaded question, Barry. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, first things first, I'm happy enough for Martin O'Neill and Roy Keane to stay. Maybe less so Roy Keane, but definitely Martin O'Neill, but I think they're a package now. So I think I feel like they're half gonna have to say. Number one, it's a lot of money to get rid of them at this stage. And number two I look at the options who's available to get in and it doesn't look that bright for me. So I don't I don't see who's the replacement, who's gonna be the person to get in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what we get Mick McCarthy back in, you know what I mean? Like I don't like our options. And uh, the squad isn't as good as it's been for a very long time. Yeah. Uh, it's the weakest squad we've had in a very long time. And who's gonna get the best out of the squad? Probably Martin O'Neill. Him and Roy Keane know the players the best. Exactly. Yeah. So I think they should stay in charge. Uh, in terms of the fallout, obviously the main Victims of the fallout have been Harry Arthur. Yeah. Um, he had a fallout with Roy Keane. Obviously, I'm sure most people heard 
the WhatsApp voice note between that's even more sent around. So now by byproducts, Stephen Ward's probably in the doghouse, and also Jonathan Walters has also had a fallen out with Roy Keane, but they seem to come full circle, and they're okay with each other. Yeah. Um. Look, Ireland is at a very, very weak time in their footballing career, so I think we're gonna have to really suck on some lemons for a while, and do a rebuilding structure. There's no point picking people like John Walters anymore. He's mid to late, or well, he's mid thirties now. He's come to the end of his international career. He's basically taken up caps that we could be trying to new young prospects in. I'm okay for Ireland to lose their next seven or eight games and to build build a team going forward that we actually have a team that can do something for the next qualifying competition. Look, look, I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I have to tell you this: the next Euros, right? There's way more play- teams are going to be <clears throat> sorry excuse me there's going to be way more teams that are eligible to enter the competition right mm. uh, the Aviva is going to be hosting one of them games as well yeah um, at, at least one anyway but uh, Ireland th- 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 there's no way we can allow this to happen that Ireland actually aren't playing in the Euros and it's being held in the Aviva I mean th- this that just cannot happen no. Now, uh, now, I agree with you, we should get new players in, like, 100%, and I'll agree with you as we go on in this conversation, but, like, this is sort of, like, if the FAI actually managed to fuck this up and we don't get to host the game with Ireland in it, I mean, we may as well just, like, stop having an international team. Oh, look, I 100% agree, and I'm not saying I want Ireland to lose six No, 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 no. Obviously no. not, but what I'm saying is that let's do a bit of trial and error, you know what I mean? Let's not, you know, you know, pick the oldest, most experienced team each and every time just because we're afraid we don't lose 1-0 to Wales. You know what I mean? We got oh. spanked by Wales. I know, it was terrible. You know I mean? They didn't even try. They yeah. didn't even try. Oh, 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 <laughs> I wasn't... Like, that 16 or 17-year-old and Pampadu from um, Chelsea, like, ran the show. Yeah. And the way I look at it, give the young guys a chance. Give them a chance to get out there. Get them their caps. Yeah. Before we go on, we want to agree that both that the Martin O'Neill situation, uh, like I think he should stay. Like who yeah. meant to get in? As you said, Mick McCarthy. Like who else? There's no one really there. Yeah. Uh, there's people talking about Hooten uh, uh, coming in, and it's just like he's doing. He's doing a decent job with uh, Brighton. Brighton. Like yeah. I mean, he's not going to be like take a team that don't really have an identity anymore. So also, he's probably getting paid more at Brighton than he will get for Ireland. Oh, exactly. So we'll agree with that. Martin O'Neill, I think should stay. You think he should stay. Uh, let us know if you're listening mm. now what you think that should he stay. Uh, the Roy Keane situation is very touch and go. I think that he should probably be allowed to go up to a different role and be more of like, not a scout, but like send them out to all these like underage team Ireland games and like all up the next upcoming talent. Because if there's a man who knows talent, his name is definitely Roy Keane. Uh, he'd be too, he's too experienced and won too many trophies to allow him just to leave. And if that's a situation that might happen, maybe to get John O'Shea in to do some sort of scouting role because he's won loads with United uh, or even like someone like Steve Finnan who's been with the creme de la creme. I feel like Robbie Keane wouldn't want to do that. I think he wants no. to go into management. But uh, get someone who's won stuff, even Damien Duff, someone who is top of the range that sh- should eye up some of this talent. So let's we can carry on this conversation now. Um, he's he, also the only assistant manager at an international level who I know who he is. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. who's the French assistant manager? I have no idea Spanish no idea Brazilian no idea German you know what I mean like why do yeah. we know the Irish like obviously we're from Ireland but yeah. like everyone knows yeah. Roy Keane's the yeah. assistant Ireland manager right so uh, we'll come back to the point where you said you don't mind if Ireland lose a few games um, I'll agree with you maybe this sort of Nations League I think 
we should definitely try and error with stuff. But going into these Euros, we literally can't make a mess of this because no. it's going to be such a downfall, a down, slide downwards. Like, we're in a really, really tough situation now with Declan Rice because he's doing brilliantly with West Ham right now. And Gareth Southgate sort of like, right, Eric Dyer's not doing great with Spurs. Declan Rice is doing great with, with West Ham. He's only 19. Better athlete. They're gonna they're gonna call him into the squad. I just mm. know it, man, and it's gonna be it's gonna be really really hard to take because that Ireland team I think could do really really well if we play with a three at the back. Well, aka like a back five, the way yeah. Wolves play, right? Uh, have Declan Rice sitting just in front of that the back three, and then like he then everyone else can sort of go for it. Yeah, that's our biggest problem. We don't go for it. We're sort of like let's hold out for a draw. Uh, oh. I think what would be a great idea is. This is just a random idea. You come up with an idea what you think would be good for Ireland now, right? But yeah. this is what I think would be a good idea for Ireland. If we went to the squads of the under-16s, the under-17s, the under-18s, 19s, 20s and 21s, and then pick out the best players that they have, right? And then put them against another starting eleven or squad of Irish players as well, right? It doesn't have to be the senior mm. team. Let them all play with each other. See what happens. And then pick out the best players that we definitely need to come into the squad and then that will re-energise to use a a show's name the Irish squad and then we have a load of players hungry to play for Ireland get them in there I think that would be like very very good look at the way the under 17s won 4-0 there the other day all the guys singing the national anthem like I mean and there were some people there was like there was what's the correct term for like uh, foreign players oh, oh so non-Irish international yeah non- like these lads Irish born yeah yeah these lads weren't ginger with freckles like these, like there were some black lads some half cast lads like I don't know how else to explain someone's skin but I mean like they were all singing the national anthem uh, when we were playing Wales only two maybe two and a half players were singing the national anthem and it's just sort of like this is meant to be like pride prideful you're meant to be like proud of your country singing the national anthem and when you look at a starting lineup not singing one one sentence you're like how are you meant to get up for this stuff you know what I mean look the Irish, the Irish team it doesn't look great and I think that would be a very very good idea um, bringing in the youth players why don't they bring them into a training camp have just get the, get to whatever the under 19s the under 18s the under 17s there's whatever about 50 or 60 players you mumble jumble them up. You get them to play games against each other. Whoever the most five impressive people are in, in the three teams, you're going to train with the senior team. Yeah. You're going to be in the squad for the yeah. next game. Because if you think about it, they're there with their clubs. Um, and like they're only playing like against the same age levels. and like it, like the, No one really cares if you win the under-16s league. Like I mean, how many Chelsea players have done that and now play with like a nobody club? Yeah, exactly. Get these players in. Let let them do a few camps because Ireland do that. I think Ireland are sort of going to like reap the benefits of the Euros coming to Dublin and not reinvest it back in the team. Because if you look at the Irish rugby, they're thriving. They might even win the World Cup next year. If you look at the the lads rowing, they're doing great. Uh, who else is doing great? Uh, we said it there recently. Um, the women's hockey getting yeah, to the World Cup hockey, final. Yeah, uh, the Irish rugby is doing phenomenal. Yeah, couldn't do any better. And it's just sort of like if we invest more into these lads. The outcome is going to be brilliant. Look at the way England have thrived. Like, I mean, and we're basically, like, we play the same sort of football and brand. Yeah. I, th- I think the potential is there. It just really needs to be sorted out. I think we're, like, hoping these average 6 out of 10 players that sometimes play 7 out of 10 for Ireland would just keep coming to us 
and once they weren't new, they weren't good enough for England. And now, we're the, the problems now happening because like the likes of John O'Shea is out of that change room. Robbie Keane's gone. Obviously, no Duffer. Shea Given's gone. Mm. Like there's no proper leaders with much experience. Yeah, in fairness, I'd love to see us try out um some of those formations. I think. At the back, we're most solid. This is yeah. this is what I'd like to see us try. I'd like to try try that five at the back. I don't really mind what we do past that, but I'd like to see Matt Doherty from Wolves yeah, playing exactly, right yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to see him because he gets up and down that wing wing for Wolves. He's used to playing in that position. You play Seamus Coleman exactly. right centre half. Yeah, right. Then you have Shane Duffy and Kieran Clark. Perfect. And then I play James McLean on the left hand side, a wing back, or Robbie Brady. Yeah. One of those two. Whoever's fit. That one. Yeah, whichever one of them's fit. I don't think Ward has the ability to get up and down and like attacking track because the beauty about having those three centre half is it gives the wing backs the chance to get up and down the line you know what I mean you play as a five defensively and you play as a three in attack yeah exactly also bear in mind Robbie Brady and James McLean are better crossers of the ball than uh, Stephen Ward, Ward. Yeah. Yeah. and okay. Stephen Ward's never going to beat yeah. someone as well yeah. you know so, what I mean and that's why that would be perfect then if Declan Rice was then in front of them now yeah. Declan Rice would love the opportunity of that sitting in front of them right and then if you look at who could play in front of them like even Brady even uh, James McCarthy um Hendrick Jeff Hendrick yeah like so far that sounds good that mm. sounds good and then you know what we could have the benefit of having two strikers even if it was Walters and Shane Long because if you think about it we could cross the ball into them lads Yeah. so there's two strikers up there we don't score enough goals and having one striker up there we're never going to score no so I mean that, think about how sexy that Irish team would sound yeah. and then we'd be going for it and then we get all the U teams to play the same way and then yeah. I mean we'll be playing the Euros we'll have the Aviva packed for a game at in the Euros at home, I, I just, unreal. I just look at that defense. Good luck in the ticket for that. And then just say you play McLean on the left. Then in centre midfield you have Declan Royce in the hole. You have Arthur and Hendricks maybe in in centre midfield. And then you know what I mean. You probably play Shane Long up front because he'll work tirely for the team. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah, he doesn't score a lot of goals, but at the end of the day, we're probably not going to concede too much, and we're going to get up and down on the wings. Yeah. And then, you know what I mean, if you play John Walters in behind him to support, why not? You know what I mean? Or like, you know, Hendricks doesn't mind having a shot. Harry Arthur has actually done very well for Cardiff. Now, I know they lost 5-0 in the weekend, but <laughs> he, he was, he's actually like, he gets in there, he makes the gritty tackles. You know what I mean? He's like, he'll work hard for the team. Now, Harry Arthur's never actually put in a performance for Ireland that I've been like, that's fantastic. No. But like, that's probably where we're at our weakest in those four sort of positions. Going forward from like, sort of the number 10 position onwards, we don't have a lot. James McLean does a lot of work for us there. Robbie Brady does a lot of work for us there. That's not their normal norm positions. John Walters lost his legs. Shane Long doesn't really score. And I'm like, you're not going to sell me on Callum O'Dowda or Graham Burke or Williamson or whatever his name is or, you know, or Hurahan. Like, none of those players are going to sell to me. But, like, if you give me a sturdy back line, yeah. then, like, at least if we lose, like, right, well, at least we had the best defence on. Yeah, yeah, but also that, that means these guys that come into the team can actually play then because yeah. like, it's almost like well it seems to me to be like this uh, whoever's listening now let us know what you think it seems that before the match it's like right let's all sit back and wait for the counter attack and let Randolph boot it long and then hopefully Shane Long scores a goal the way he did against uh, Germany that's what seems to be the football we're playing look at Wales Wales haven't got a huge like pool of players to pick from and the style they played under Giggsy there was very very impressive yeah Um. I think we I think we should just be a let Martin or even someone who has the balls to actually be like, right, let's play this way because I know that team sounds like I'd pay they charge you eighty quid to go watch Ireland play. Yeah. I'd rather pay eighty quid to watch that than like 
the 80 quid you have to pay to see a team that doesn't even sing the national anthem really yeah we're playing like a 4-4-2 and we're just plugging anyone in anywhere yeah it's not exciting enough I think we should just go for it now I think gone are the days that like we have uh, Jackie Charlton being like boot it long lads um, I think we should just go for it now I think we have the, the players are named are all available to play for Ireland bar uh, Ricey and then Harry Arthur you mentioned as well but I think you can change that even with like Moyler sitting in front of the defence, uh, James McCarthy coming in, Robbie Brady's back soon, James McLean. I mean, that those players w- would love to play like that. Yeah, they can get the job done. Yeah. Trap Tony's not here anymore. Brian Kerr's not here anymore. Mick McCarthy, he did well, but like he almost probably could have done better with the players mm. he did as well. You know what I mean? I think Ireland could really, really go for this. And if you want, the last thing I want to do is qualify for the Euros the way we did under Trapattoni and not even show up and then we just hockeyed by everyone now we were in a, a hard squad I mean a hard group but uh, I think we should just like go for it now and be like come on and then the youth will get invested in like the better the Irish team do the more they're going to invest money into it yeah let's let's play a bit of sexy football and yeah. see what happens you yeah. know what I mean yeah. like yeah we don't have the players to do it but like let's at least try to do that then instead of like trying to sneak a 1-0 win in the 87th minute yeah but I think I think that makes sense yeah, and like let's let's play football from a strong position. You're also getting our best players on the pitch if you get all those better defenders on the pitch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially I mean, Matt Doherty doing great. They just drew there against uh, Man City, and they drew against um, United. United. Yeah. Uh, also, another thing I don't know if you noticed now. Um, obviously, you know, uh, sorry, Ireland are in like Group B. Yeah. So all only like the second tier of all the nations leagues teams, right? All the teams in the A. Pot. The A pot. All had a, a player from their country in the Champions League. Yeah. All of the groups, the B groups, had a player in the Champions League bar Ireland. Ireland are struggling to have a player in the Premier League at this stage. <laughs> yeah, I know, but like, maybe it's because they want players that actually like play a style of football. It's sort of like, you know how to kick along. You know how to head the ball away. It's sort of like, we could, Ireland could really, really up this. I mean, even if we got some like Dutch coaches in to be shows how to like actually play football attacker bit of you know passing why not this doesn't seem to be working and and no something has to give i don't know maybe someone give john delaney a shout and see what happens but uh ireland actually have two games coming up on october 13th a home against denmark and then also october 16th a home against wales those are both in the nations league um yeah, uh, I think we should just try something else. But in fairness to the Irish team, the team we put out for the second game, remember we were celebrating the 100 show. Yeah. They uh, they actually like went out and tried very hard. But in fairness, when you're only getting into the Irish squad, you're obviously going to try your hardest. You know what, yeah. mean? You know what I mean as well? That guy, Aidan O'Brien, scored a goal actually didn't look too bad. In fairness yeah. to him. Yeah. I actually follow him on uh, Instagram now and I saw he was actually getting like the train into town over in the, the UK. I was like, don't recognise him, so it's grand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Uh, but yeah here definitely let us know what the Irish, what you think about the Irish situation because uh, we'd love to hear from you okay so so Barry Champions League was on this week um, a few major talking points in the Champions League I think the first one we'll start off with is the Ronaldo red card what did you make of the Ronaldo red card I thought people have argued back and forth saying this should have been or shouldn't have been a red card I think it should have been a red card he sort of like lashed out beforehand I know the defender took a bit of a dive but he sort of like like raked his hair so uh, you can't be like touching players like that <clears throat> I think he deserved a red I think it was a red card offence but if you're going to get sent off for doing something like that you should do something more yeah. if you think not that I ever encourage someone to like try and harm someone but it was a real what I would call bitchy move on Ronaldo's behalf yeah. and you know what 
As long as it's a one-game ban, that's fine. If it's a two-game ban, I think that's too harsh. Yeah. Even as a United supporter, yeah. I want to see him playing against United in the Champions yeah. League. But uh, another thing, obviously, Liverpool beating PSG with only like a couple of minutes to go. Firmino with the goal. Uh, what's the story of Liverpool, man? They nullified PSG. Um, this is one of the best attacking football teams I think I've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. Liverpool look frighteningly good. It wasn't even their full team out as well. No, I was actually looking at midfield and go, that's a very bad Liverpool midfield out. Uh, I was like, I was like, Cade was on the bench as far as I'm aware. Firmino's not being inside. And uh, I don't think Wijnaldum was playing, so I was like, they actually didn't. No, have, Wijnaldum like, started. Didn't oh, he? did he? Yeah. Okay, maybe he did start. I was like, and I think it was Henderson and Milner, wasn't it? Yeah. And Milner was brilliant. Yeah. James Milner is such a good footballer, and like he's almost like Liverpool's Luka Modric. You know, I mean? he's probably like, he's <laughs> never going to get the praise, but like he's brilliant. Yeah. And uh, look, they ran all over PSG's midfield. PSG's midfield were nowhere to be seen. Um, they deserved the three points as well. They did, yeah. They what they went two 0 up didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, PSG weren't even in the game. Then they scored a couple of goals, like yeah. random goals. In, say, uh, yeah, well, in fairness, Mbappe like ran by everyone and scored like very Mbappe esque. Yeah, Neymar like set up Mbappe, but like Barrett Neymar wasn't in the game. Cavani, no. what, where was he? Yeah, exactly. And then yeah, but uh, great finish by Firmino to win it as well. Yeah, he's uh, for me. He's the best footballer Liverpool have. He's think so. Yeah, yeah. His like what he actually adds, he brings that front three together. Yeah, he plays sort of like a false nine or mm. something. It's it, if where where would he play in like any other team? Actually, I'm not really too sure. He's one of those players who I never really know. But I actually I'm surprised when Real Madrid had Benzema in front. I really actually thought he for me you know we better at doing what Benzema does. I wouldn't argue that he's on fire. He yeah. actually really is, and like he could be someone who. Uh, PSG also look to eventually replace Cavani as well. He's like that player. Do you know what that is actually? that's a frightening show for uh, Liverpool fans but uh, yeah also Man City lost at home 2-1 to Lyon uh, Fecker seemed to run a, run a muck in this game yeah great finish um, from outside the box against Ederson he almost didn't see it and then Cornet Cornet or Cornetto as I call him yeah. also scored another goal and then scored a goal that was fractionally offside um, Lyon looked very very good and then uh, Memphis Depay was like mugging off the Man City fans saying Manchester is red. Another <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, Spurs lost laid on to Inter Milan. Sloppy, sloppy. This shows that they're like not Champions League ready. Well, I, when I saw the starting lineup, I was not impressed. But uh, how good was he at Cardi's goal? That was yeah. unbelievable. He He's one person who's like definitely probably in the top 10 strikers in the world. But like he's definitely the person you forget if you were naming them. You know what I mean? Yeah. He scored an awful lot of goals for them. He's definitely a world-class striker. Um, phenomenal goal. Um, great to see Inter Milan back playing top top of the range European football. Yeah, it was funny to see them back, wasn't it? Decent yeah. squad as well. Nangolins yeah. there as well. Uh, then, Messi, he's leading the charts already in the Champions League. Three, three goals in his first game. Um, off to a cracker already, isn't he? Yeah, on, on a personal note, they're my betting favourites for the Champions League. I know Man City were betting favourites at one stage, but that Barcelona team, they look like they're ready to do yeah. the damage this yeah. year. Um, new reinvigorated midfield with Rakitic, uh, Vidal and Busquets and then that top three Dembele's coming in and he looks very good as well he scored as well yeah and he's fast he's just lightning he scored a great goal as well actually yeah uh, last team we're going to talk about in the Champions League Manchester United obviously winning 3-0 away to yeah. the young boys um, what did you make of the way they went 3-0 up and then sort of took the foot off the gas Manchester United scare me they do uh, I don't mean that in a positive way um, in a frightening way yeah in a frightening way like I said 
quite impressive against young boys, but also they were under threat at a certain stage that other better teams would have put them to the sword. Um, not an overly confident performance. They beat the current Swiss league leaders and they've won all their games in the league. But at the end of the day, that might as well have been the Europa League game. Know, you know yeah, what I mean? I there, there was no... They didn't have one player who I knew who was, put it that way. It was... Uh... Yeah, after going through the up, I don't, I didn't even think they were that overly impressive. Pogba actually like had a good game. It's quite a great goal on his left foot. Um, so it's so disappointing to put the brakes on with like a half an hour to go and not really like try and really sort of score more the way like Man yeah. City do. Like you, sh- you should show no mercy. Yeah. I don't, I don't think at all. It's and then th- like I think that also leads into the Premier League. Then Manchester United then drawn with Wolves one all. Right, first of all, went up before I started watching it. I was like hung over, and I was like, you know, you aren't playing. Don't play sexy football. Let's just call a spade a spade. People more are now at Old Trafford looking around the stadium, being like, oh, this is a nice stadium, rather than the football. Back in the day, you couldn't take your eyes off the pitch, and if you did, you were missing a goal. Mm. And now it's just like, it's just it's just not interesting anymore. And the players just like the, the amount of times Martial lost the ball, or Rashford lost the ball, or Lukaku lost the ball. You're just sort of like. What's going on? I just look at them and go, there's no team there. There's too much chopping and changing. The Sanchez. The are always, always swapping and changing. Lukaku never looks like he's going to get on a streak again. Um, Martial, Rashford, Sanchez, they all sort of do the same thing and not enough of it. Do you, th- do you think they like play a good game and then everyone's like, oh, you're class, you're class. And then yeah. like the next game, they're shit. For, me, <laughs> for, for me, it's what I call the nanny effect. Nanny used to like, get away with his old traffic career by having one good game and then he got to have five shit games afterwards. Yeah. He signed a new contract yeah, yeah. and then do shit. Yeah, yeah, so the way I look at it is, look, you know, I just need to tell Sanchez he has to play on the right-hand side and that's just it because he's the only person who can actually do the job there. How much time does he need in. to settle in, by the way? He's already played know. in the Premier League for so long. Like, Settle in there, will you, bud? And apparently, like, his and Pogba's heat maps are so, like, overlapping and frightening. He's the most, he's the highest paid player in the Premier League. Yeah. Look, he just doesn't cut the cheese for me. Um, I look at Liverpool and it's so fluid. I oh, know. Um, and they're one to eleven. They all look brilliant. You know, uh, I was watching Joe Gomez there play, and he was like, run, they were training up, and he was running down the wing, and he was making tackles. And I was sitting there going, you wouldn't see Victor Lindelof doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, Liverpool are growing <laughs> as an entity, and there's such belief in their side. And I look at Manchester United, and they probably like passing the ball to each other, going, oh, he's probably gonna lose now. You know what I mean? That's the way I look at them. They're not a very good football team. I know, they're not. And yeah. I don't know when the return's going to be. I know, but... And at the end of the year, it's going to be six years without the Premier League trophy at Old Trafford. I know. Like, I'm watching it and I'm just like... I was like disappointed, but then I was like... What did I expect? Yeah. I didn't expect United to go out and win 4-0. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know, I know now Wolves have come up and done it right, but like, this is Wolves. And I know they draw with Man City, but like... This is Wolves. Yeah, we're and playing, Man U are Man U. Yeah, we're playing Old Trafford. We're not playing Molyneux. You know what I mean? Like, we're, yeah. we're at home. And like Pogba's came out afterwards, he's like, oh, we should be attacking. We're at home. We should attack, but, uh, attack, attack. The biggest problem I have as well, right? We kept lumping it forward and I fucking hate that tactic with 20 minutes to go. Yeah. Get the ball down the wings and cross it in. Lukaku's like six foot four wide mm. and seven foot tall. Size 26 shoot. Just cross that. Just, yeah. cross, just make the ball bounce off him somehow and it will go in. Yeah. Like, why don't they and cross if, the ball? And if you want to bring on Fellaini, Cross the ball in. Yeah, you know what, what, just, just, like, just tell me why when they go down the wings they don't cross the ball in. Well, first of all, whoever plays on the right wing for Manchester United each week always looks like they haven't played the right wing in about 10 years. So, like... But what's the tactic? 
everyone wants to call, well, all, all the players who play on the left foot want to come in on the right hand foot or come in, come in on the right foot and have a shot but then they come in on the right foot and they just out dribble it and then they pass the ball backwards there's not enough like there's no kill mode there's no much. gung there's no, yeah there's no kill mode there's no like right now it's kill mode everyone have a shot from 25 yards out how does the ball just not go out to the wings and then they cross it in I just don't get how that hasn't happened uh, also like, the way they're set up is so two spreads to the wings and then you know what I mean they're almost like a little... It gets so narrow, though. They're like a triangle. The midfield starts it and should go out wide and then come back in at the end. And it just never happens. It's just so narrow or something. And then when they, they, they don't cross the ball in. Yeah, and like they keep on giving the ball to Lukaku like to his feet about 25 yards out from goal. And like he doesn't have a very good first touch. And he's also not the best in build-up play. Lukaku's just there to put the ball in the net at the end of the day. Yeah. And they're not playing to that strength. Lukaku needs to just be in the box. Like. Yeah, like Lukaku should be... The no first touch. No first touch. Yeah. Just like first, first touch is a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Vinistroy, like something like that. And then I look at someone like City who like just put uh, Cardiff to the sword and five 0 and I was sitting there like, <laughs> the, you know what I mean? It's the seventieth minute and they're like, lads, we'll score another three. Like you know what I mean, might as well. Yeah, but how much further are you not going to fall behind here? Because uh, top four, I'm sort of like, well, I don't know. The way I look at now is Liverpool, like, obviously, Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, yeah. and and Man City look like they're competing for the title, and then. I'm looking at Arsenal and Spurs being like, they look like they're competing for fourth place. And Manchester United are like, how he is? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, like, here lads, slip up there so uh, we can catch up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting there going, eight points already off off the pace. Yeah, but it's now gotten to the stage now. Obviously under Moisey, like, it was so disappointing, but like mm. sometimes they do it well. well. I don't know. It's always like one step forward, two steps back. But it's sort of now like, here, I actually don't enjoy watching this anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like, like a read just shows that we needed those summer signs that yeah, we never got. Yeah, but like the, the thing is, we have stars in the team and they don't perform. And it's sort of like, I, I, I don't even like tuning in. I was watching it and I was just like, oh, here, first of all, it was boring, right? Second of all, we went one up in going in half time and then they scored and I was just like, I was like, what's going on, lads? Like, yeah, on. You, you don't feel like you know they're ever going to get the winner. Yeah. And like the gay has to always make these amazing saves. You never see the other goalkeeper making amazing saves. Yeah, I would like I rewatched the highlights. The gay was, was man the like, match again. Yeah, I was watching the hey make saves off like a bowley header and something. And I go, lads, who even are these players you were playing against and like they're running muck against us? It's really disappointing to be a Man U fan, by the way, and an Ireland fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's pretty bad. Yeah, if you days. enjoy watching bad football, that's who you should support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just want to say <laughs> Chelsea look great under Sarri uh, I know they drew nil all West Ham they probably should have got a win there but look undefeated so are Liverpool yeah. uh, Watford are still in the top four so like don't like sleep on them totally for compete for top six they look very very good their style of football is actually brilliant yeah um, yeah um, and you know I beat them funny enough mm. but um, what to make who do you like who do you fancy now for the league Um. I'm, I'm actually honestly going to say I think Liverpool are going to win it do you know why yeah. but just right now just based in current form I think Liverpool are going to win it because they're still hungry they keep getting to like finals and losing right mm. whereas like Man City won the league last year and then there's nothing hungrier than like some like someone who hasn't won yeah. yet you know yeah somebody who stole your yeah. dinner yeah, yeah I can see Liverpool and Liverpool are also Man City's kryptonite excuse me so I think Liverpool are the favourites to win the league yeah, because when, when, when the six points comes up for grab between the two teams yeah. like if hand on heart I just like I'll probably expect Liverpool to get four of the six points. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. You, you know what you know are actually like at the moment, right? They're like those guys who used to join your team with the like the white boots or the gold boots, and then like you you passing the ball and they're just shite. Like, yeah, yeah. You they, know what they, I mean? They, they, those score, guys. they score one goal like once a season, yeah. and they're like total lads fast. Yeah, they'd be great on YouTube, and then you see them play in real life, and they're actually garbage. 
But uh, yeah, very disappointed to be, to be a United fan. Uh, we're playing in the League Cup on Tuesday. Uh, Derby County. Against Derby County. Frank Lampard's team. Yeah, Mourinho versus Derby County. Oh, sorry, Mourinho versus uh, Frank Lampard. Um, Mourinho, I can almost see me like, if we lose, Mourinho would be like, it's great to see Frank Lampard though, isn't it? Yeah, he's like, Frank Lampard, great manager. Thanks to me, he won yeah. all these leagues. Yeah. Oh my God. Who would, what, what do you know you need to do? I know we. this is a running theme, but uh, what do you know you need to do now? I think Sanchez has to go out on the right. Um, he has to just decide in the centre half pairing. Um, I'd personally pick Bailey and Chris Smalling. I think that's who I'd pick. Uh, I'd stick with Luke Shaw. I'd try and play Diego Dallo at right back. Make Pogba captain. Madison centre midfield with Fred. Up top, Sanchez on the right. Uh, Lukaku up top uh, in the middle. And then I'd actually play Martial on the left because I don't think Rashford's cutting the cheese as of late. And I feel like Marshall is more likely to cut in and score a goal. Okay, I'll give you that. I just I want to see Dallo and Luke Shaw getting the ball more yeah. and crossing the ball into Lukaku. Luke Shaw looks very good coming up that left hand side. Yeah, I know, yeah. So maybe like, like he's I, one of the few people I go, he looks good. Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. And he was brilliant before he got injured as well. Yeah. It's just I can't keep watching this man. I can't. I can't. I, I can't. It's so like, like, boring. Like, geez, I'd be willing to see Ashley Young play on the right if he's willing to cross the ball in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The, uh, the, the style just has to get better I, mean, I can't mm. keep getting worse if it gets any worse Mourinho's going to be sold yeah but it's also like it's just a strange phenomenon to take off Fred and put on Fellaini as well because it's like you're taking off someone's 5 foot 7 you're putting on someone's like 6 foot 5 yeah. with the afro yeah. you know yeah. what I mean it's, it's, it's like completely chalk and cheese I know so obviously there's League Cup this week so make sure to tune in but we're going to do Ross's favourite part of the show the uh, Premier League what's it called what's we call quick it? fire quick fire fixtures okay <laughs> Saturday half 12 West Ham United versus Manuel. Draw. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. I'll, I'm just gonna go Manuel. Uh, Arsenal versus Watford. Draw. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll go Arsenal. Uh, Everton versus Fulham. Draw. I'll go draw. Uh, Huddersfield versus Tottenham. Tottenham. I'll go Tottenham as well. Uh, Man City versus Brighton. Man City. City. Uh, Newcastle versus Leicester. Leicester. I'll go draw. Uh, Wolves versus Southampton. Wolves. Wolves. Uh, big, big game. This could be a good game now if you're a football fan. What time? Half five. Chelsea versus Liverpool. Chelsea. I think Sarri's going to out-tactic Klopp. I'll go 2-2 two, two, draw. Uh, then, everyone's favourite time. <laughs> everyone's favourite Sunday. Super Sunday. Cardiff City versus Burnley at four o'clock. Mark that down now. Nil all draw. <laughs> On Super Sunday, nil all. You know, it's okay. the only game, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was making me. I thought it was gonna be a double header. Oh, no, no, and then Super Monday, obviously. Monday um, night football, M and F. Yeah. yeah. Then Bournemouth versus Crystal Palace. Draw as well. I think there's a lot of draws this weekend. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, make sure to tune in again next week because there is the Champions League is back, and we'll be discussing all that and more and more. Also, by the way. Make sure to check out our MMA show this week. It's uh, it's all it's all going to be like Conor McGregor, Khabib, press conference, everything, all that crack, you know. So enjoy it, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized. <laughs> oh, I forgot to turn the podcast off. My bad.